Hey, hey, welcome back. Happy Monday. We are so, so excited to be here with you today. And we have um, a very, very special guest. How are you doing, Sarah? So good. Talk about Motivation Monday. Our guest is going to motivate the socks out of you today. I'm so, so excited to have her here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. So we have very special Cheryl Wood, and she's going to be telling you so much about her, so much um, that you guys can learn. So make sure you get out some some paper and a pen and, and take some notes because she's absolutely amazing. So welcome, Cheryl. So glad to have you here. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me. And and by the way, if you don't have socks on, I'll motivate you out of your shoes or whatever you got on. I'll just motivate you out of it. All right. Let's make that. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so awesome. So um, we have quite an amazing audience here, Cheryl, and we want them to be completely amazed by everything that you say. So starting with that, we would love to have you just introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, what it is you do, a little bit about you. Yes. Yeah, so I am an international empowerment speaker, a two-time TEDx speaker, 18-time best-selling author. Yes. Okay. Sorry, for myself for a moment. Well, that took a whole lot of work. And I'm an executive speaker development coach. I specialize in working with women entrepreneurs to really help them unleash the power of their voice. And what I mean by that is really pulling back the layers of their story and finding the power of their story and the lessons in the story that other people are praying for, like praying that they'll have the courage to show up and share. So really helping them to tap into that power of their story and taking their expertise and their experiences and monetizing it so that they're impacting millions while they're making millions. I love that. You said something really interesting there that really stood out to me is taking their story and monetizing it. So there's a, there's the, the way of the world that we live in now. Like I remember when I was first starting my journey, I was always told, well, one, when I was growing up, your story is nobody's business. Don't, don't tell, don't tell too much. Right. Hush up. I was always told to hush up. Right. And me, I'm very loud and I'm outgoing and I tell like it is, I'm no BS. And so when I first started coming out, on my journey, people were like, you have to tell your story. And I'm like, how much do I share? And I would, I would, would barely share anything because I was like terrified. I was terrified of what, what are people going to think about me? Right? That is and I think that's the point. That's such yeah. a good point. And I mean, most of us, like I was taught the same thing. Like our business stays inside of our house. We don't tell other people our business. I think a lot of us grew up with that type of concept in our households, but we're in a different time frame now. I mean, First of all, look at social media. Social media encourages you to tell all of your business. And that might be a far stretch. We don't want to tell everything. Everybody doesn't need to know everything. But there are really powerful elements of your story that will help someone else to realize that some pain that they're currently experiencing, that they're not the only person who's ever experienced it, and that there is life on the other side of, and that there is power on the other side of that story, that pain that they're currently in. So when you share your story, it lets somebody know that they're not alone, but it also allows them to become more hopeful because if they can see you as someone who is now a conqueror over a pain that they're currently struggling through and they can't really see the light at the end of the tunnel, imagine that could be the glimmer of hope or the glimmer of light or possibility that they're looking for so that they stick with it and they don't give up and throw in the towel. Absolutely. It's being relatable, right? It's it's telling your story in a way that people can be like, wait, I'm not the only one going through that. Like there's other people out there that are happening, like having that happen to them, right? It's yeah, it's being relatable. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You're you're a, a lot of times people will get on a stage and they think that they're really on stage to prove how smart they are or to use these big words. I'm like, I need a thesaurus and a dictionary to look up what you're talking about. <laughs> that doesn't hit the same chord as it does with people when you're just real, relevant and relatable. So when I can just be me, authentically me, and just share my real, honest truth. And I don't have to make it seem bigger than it is. I don't have to take anything from it. I can just share what I've been through. There's going to be somebody in that room who can relate and somebody in that room who perhaps was feeling stuck before you came and shared that experience. And then, of course, there are some of us who go through really traumatic experiences and we think we're the only one who's gone through that. Or we think nobody can possibly understand my pain. And then you hear somebody share their story from a stage and you're like, oh my God, she gets it. I'll give a quick example. My sister, I have a twin sister. We're two minutes apart. We're thick as thieves. Her son passed away uh, the year before last, 20 years old. Oh my God, such an amazing kid. My nephew was everything. He was bright. He was energetic. He loved life. He was going into his junior year at Morgan State University. He was on the dean's list. He was the starting wide receiver for the, for their football team. I mean, he had so much in head in front of, uh, in head of him and in front of him. Died tragically in a motorcycle accident. 20 years old. My sister has a choice to do two things with that story. She can hoard the hurt that's connected to the story, which a lot of people do. They hoard their hurt. And it just compounds and it compounds and it robs them of all their joy and their energy and their spirit. Or she can say, make a choice, I'm going to share this hurt because I'm still standing, even though I didn't know how I was going to make it through losing my baby boy. And if I'm still standing, I need to let somebody else know you have what it takes to keep standing. That's a traumatic story that she turns into power because she doesn't keep it to herself. All of us have that ability. And so many people are going to relate to that. Like I can relate. My mother was killed when she was 25 from a motorcycle accident. Wow. Right. There's so many people that are going to relate to that. And you're absolutely right. I, I've watched, like I, I've watched family members who have lost family members and who have held on to that tragedy for 20, 30, 40 years. And it's killing them. Yeah. It's literally killing them and they're not seeing it, but we are, we're watching it. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why Kaylee and I, decided to share our truth and to share the journey that we've been on because it is so relatable and people need to hear that. And not only that, it's also very therapeutic for us. Yeah, that's it. You you free yourself and you yeah. free someone else at the same time. It really, it really becomes storytelling becomes this thing where you get to make your life bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you talk to people who are going through any type of pain, and if you've ever been through any type of pain, which I assume all of us have been, the moment you take the focus off of you and you focus it on someone else and helping someone else, you almost for a moment forget about your own problem. You're like, whoa, whoa, okay. Oh yeah, I was sad. Okay, I'm not sad in the moment because I'm too busy focused on helping someone else. That's the power of storytelling. You take yourself out of the pain you might be going through and the healing process, and that becomes a part of the healing process. So you're freeing yourself and you're freeing others at the same time. Absolutely. It all, it almost backs onto the power of one, right? Which is love. Everybody leads with love. And when you share your story, no matter how, how bad it's been, how great it's been, or however it's been, when you share that, you can reach so many more people than just sitting and, and hoping or wishing for something to come better, right? It's, 
and and life moves moves so fast every single day something's happening so to be real raw and authentic of what we lead by it's the absolute way of life it really is yeah absolutely and you know naturally as human beings our nature is to help others mm -hmm. right we we always put people before us but sometimes we don't take our own advice right sometimes we don't we don't follow our own story it may help somebody else but sometimes we still suffer in silence absolutely so i have a question for you cheryl so when you begin your career to where you are now knowing what you know everything you've done what is one thing you wish you'd have known when you started your career Hmm. You know what? That's a great question. I wish I had known I was good enough just as I was and that I didn't need to seek any external validation or approval to be a beast in the world, like to be amazing, this giant in the world. Like I always say to my clients now, you already came stamped as pre-approved by a higher being. Why are you trying to be stamped as pre-approved by anybody else? Why are you looking for validation outside of yourself that has to stem from within? And so for me, I grew up in poverty as a young girl. Um, I grew up in an inner, inner city housing project. I saw the worst parts of life. Nobody was telling me that I was going to be a giant in the world. They're all like, oh, you're probably going to be another statistic, right? And that, that plagued me for a long time, even into my adult years, where my expectation of who I could become really was limited. And I had to really take control. And then once I became an entrepreneur, and I knew I wanted to achieve wealth and I wanted to, I wanted my kids to come from wealth because I didn't come from, I came from the opposite of that, but I wanted to create this life I was in love with. I wanted to impact people's lives globally and I wanted to create generational wealth. And so I really had to focus on why don't I believe I'm worth it? Why don't I believe that I have value that other people will invest in at a high level? And that was a whole lot of mindset work and a whole lot of reading and reading books and putting good things in and coaching and personal development. But if I could go back, I would say you are enough. You are worthy. You are capable just as you are. And yes, you will grow. And yes, you will develop yourself. And yes, you will heal over past traumas and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, you've got to already have this belief inside that no matter what, I am destined to do something amazing in the world. I've been given some unique gift that other people are praying for me to show up and share, and I am their answer. So it's up to me to believe it and keep showing up. And for those of you listening, you have that belief inside you. It's there. It is just waiting to be unleashed. So if you need help, make sure you find Cheryl Wood because she can help you bring that beast out. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so true, right? That's the thing that stops most people is the, the belief that they can't be it. So they don't even try. They don't start. Yeah. And, and look, I I've always for my entire journey felt like I was the underdog. Even, even when I was growing up and coming out through high school and going into corporate, I always felt like the underdog. Cause I always felt like people, there was somebody there to remind me you're not good enough. I just felt like the, the world was always pointing like you're not everybody else, but you're not good enough because you don't have this, that or the other. So I remember when I went into the corporate space before I became an entrepreneur, I, I worked as a legal secretary for 15 years in corporate America. And I came into that space. And in hindsight, I've always had this amazing ability of communication, effective communication skills. And I didn't know it. I was unaware of it. And they weren't trying to help me explore it. 
they weren't help trying to help me to expand it. They were trying to keep me stuck where I was at a certain salary because they were like, but but you don't have a piece of paper that says you're good enough because I didn't have a college degree. So I went straight from poverty, that inner city housing project into the workforce. I didn't go to school to for higher learning. I didn't go off for Ivy League, League education. I was trying to get out of poverty. So well, how do you get out of poverty? You go to work, you get a job. So I went into the workforce and now I came from one environment of poverty telling me, oh, you're only going to be a statistic to another environment, the workforce telling me you're not good enough. You'll never make more than this amount because you don't have a piece of paper that says you're good enough. And I honestly just got tired. I got mm -hmm. sick and tired of being sick and tired of people telling me what I couldn't do because of what I didn't have. Mm -hmm. I had to literally take ownership of my own life, my own future, my own destiny. And I, again, it was it was work. It was what I was pouring into me so that I could develop the belief because here's how the subconscious mind works. The more you tell it something, the more it believes it. And the more you believe something, the more your actions align, come to alignment with the belief. So I had to keep fueling the belief that, no, I, I have a right to be a giant in the world. I have a right to utilize my gifts to touch lives. I have a right to impact people's lives all over the world with or without a piece of paper that says I'm smart enough. And that developing and nurturing that belief and speaking to myself positively and focusing on what I did have versus what I didn't possess, all of those things allowed my energy towards growth to expand. And that energy became a drive and that drive became commitment and that commitment became tenacity. And I was like, oh, ain't nobody going to tell me what my life gets to be like except me. And then I started putting in the work. So I started making deposits into this reality that I wanted to live because some of us, you know, we, we think about it. We do journal about it. We go to vision board parties about it. We tell ourselves some good stuff about it, but then we don't do nothing about it. So mm -hmm. it's not just about speaking good things into your life. It's not just about what you put in, but it's also what are you executing so that you can manifest the thing that you want, the reality, the business, the wealth, the freedom that you want. And your deposits have to be greater than the withdrawal, right? So you cannot, your expectation, put it like this, cannot be bigger than, your expectation cannot be bigger than your execution. you got to yeah. execute more than you expect. And then ultimately, if you're planting seeds into this dream that you have, of this life you want to create or a business that you want to develop or even a career that you want to create, the more you plant, eventually you can't plant seeds and, and the harvest never come in. It just doesn't happen that way. So yep. eventually you're going to have something to look and say, wow, that thing blossomed and wow, that blossomed. But the problem is in today's society, everybody wants it right now because social media makes you think, oh, I can wake up with a dream today and I can be an influencer and a millionaire tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And not even realizing that people are only showing you just a snapshot of their journey. People are showing you a little itty bitty piece on a daily basis. Most people aren't posting the struggles and the challenges and the setbacks on social media. They're posting all the wins. We know, we know that song. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I love that song, but I hate that song. Nobody <laughs> only wins. Who, who do you know that only wins? <laughs> I know. It's so, so true. And I love what you're saying because we talk on this pretty much every single episode, right? You can have, you can listen to these podcasts, you can journal, you can write the books, but if you're not, if you're not putting action, it becomes shelf development, right? <laughs> Self-development becomes shelf development. So you need to put it into action. And I loved how you, how you put it, right? You have to put in your deposits. It's like your banking, right? If, if you're not making enough at your job, but you're spending more than you make, it's the same thing when it comes comes to your goals and your dreams. This is, this is amazing. I'm going to come back and listen to this so many times. <laughs>
Oh my God, it's so good. And this is the whole part of storytelling, right? This is your story. This is what you've been through and where you came from and you didn't take no for an answer. And that's that's where everybody needs to start. <clears throat> so Cheryl, since you've been in the entrepreneur world, um, what is your biggest failure that you can think of and what did you learn from it? Uh, my biggest failure was not charging what I was worth. Uh, as I came into the industry as a speaker, because I didn't know my worth and I didn't value my worth. And that goes right back to what I said a few minutes ago about really getting to a space where you value what you bring into the marketplace. So I used to look at everybody else and I would I would make an assumption that they had something more than I did. So, oh, well, she can be a millionaire because she has a business degree. Oh, yeah, well, he can be a millionaire because he's already been doing this for 10 years. Oh, and I was literally assigning greatness to everybody except myself. So I would undercut myself. I would undervalue myself. I would undercharge. I would give the homie hookup all the time. I'm like, I'm sick of this. And I got sick of being broke, a brokepreneur. That's what I was. I was an entrepreneur. I was a brokepreneur. And I was like, look, one of two things is going to happen. I am either going to quit and just throw in the towel because it doesn't make sense. I didn't start this business to say, oh, it's going to be a hobby that's not going to pay me. No, I started a for-profit business. Like The entity is, is in the state as a for-profit, not a non-profit, not a charity. So Cheryl, if you're going to run a for-profit business, you've got to at some point have some profit. But first, you got to have revenue before you even get to profit. So it just started to become a this thing in my mind where choose choose what do you want to have a successful business a profitable business and if so okay let's learn how to do that let's learn how to charge what you're worth first let's tap into some personal development so i started hiring coaches let me let me figure out this personal development thing what is that that's going on with me where i'm scared to charge a certain amount where i'm scared to say what my fee is and then after i go through the personal development and start doing some of that healing work okay let me hire a business coach someone who can teach me sales and how I can use persuasive languaging from the stage and how to move people into decisive action and realize I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. I'm simply extending an opportunity for them to continue their experience with me if they want to go in through this door of opportunity that I have exposed them to from what I said on stage. So literally coaching kind of saved my business and saved my life because I learned the strategy of being able to serve, which selling really is the highest level of service, right? When you think about it, because I could, this is what I always say, I could go to my local gym if I want to get myself together, right? I want to get, I want to get healthy and fit. I can go to my local gym. I can ask to speak with one of the personal trainers and that personal trainer can give me the most amazing speech ever. Like, look, we can get you those Michelle Obama arms and we can get you the six pack and we can, and, he, and I can be all excited and my eyes light up. I'm like, yes, my, my pupils dilate. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. That's what I want. But what happens if I don't swipe my credit card? If I don't sign the contract, if I don't pay the invoice, all it was, was a good possibility. It was an exciting possibility, but it never becomes reality because I didn't swipe the credit card. I didn't choose to invest in it. So transformation never happens without a transaction. Mm -hmm. Think about that. And I had to start applying that to my own business. Cheryl, how do you transform people's lives if they won't even commit to a transaction? It's not going to happen because all they're doing now, if they're not committing to the transaction, they're just nibblers. And nibbler yep. nibble. They nibble on everybody's free thing and a little bit of yours, a little bit of theirs, and a little bit. I'm going to this free thing and this free thing, this free thing. And what happens with a nibbler? A nibbler, they get full, but they never get satisfied. And they end up 
being in a space of confusion because they're nibbling on everybody's little bit of everything. And so I wasn't looking for that, that person as my ideal client. I had to learn that I had an ideal client that I wanted to magnetize. And that was the person who valued their transformation so much that they would never expect it for free. They would expect that they're going to have to invest at a high level because they expect that there's going to be a return on that investment. I love it. Wow. You're so tuned in. You're literally <laughs> speaking everything we love. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so, so, so much. So what advice, what advice would you give to, you know, the men and women out there who are looking to pursue, pursue a career in entrepreneurialism, but are afraid to take the leap? Man. Um, Tony Robbins has this amazing quote. I live by it. He says, a real decision is measured by the fact that you've taken a new action. And if there is no new action, you have not truly decided. So I would say my advice is make a decision, make a definitive decision that this is the path that I want to go. This is the path I want to forge. I want this reality, like really make it real to you in your mind. Visualize it as though you can already touch it and hold it and smell it and feel it before it ever manifests. Because that visualization should create in you a profound desire to do whatever it takes to manifest it. The life I live now, you guys, if we only had 30 more minutes, like the life I live right now, it I literally don't recognize this life. But I didn't get to this life because I journaled about it or dreamed about it or vision board. I got to this life because I worked my butt off, because I got back up every time I got knocked down, because I invested in it at a level that scared me, but I knew I was worth it because I kept working on me. Who am I, my value, my self-worth internally so that that could be shown and demonstrated externally to the people that I would magnetize to my gift. So I've given a lot. I've planted a lot. There are a lot of times when I did stuff for free long before the big checks started coming in. So it's really making a decision that I am in this for the long haul. There is no plan B. There is no opting out. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And no matter what, I will keep doing it until I figure it out. And at some point, all of us as entrepreneurs think we're always going to be trying to get there. Oh, I'm trying to get to this next level. I'm trying to get to. And then one day you're going to find yourself and you're at that level. You're literally in the dream that you dreamed about and journaled about and thought about and lost slept over, lost sleep over. And then that's when you move the line. You move the finish line somewhere else. And you're like, okay, now what's the next dream? What's the next big goal? What's the so it just becomes this cycle of identifying what the big dream or the big goals are, and then making a decisive, definitive decision that I'm gonna do whatever it takes to cross that finish line, and then I'm gonna move the finish line so that I can work on the next thing. And there's always a next thing, right? So I, I, lo I love to say this is like when I was starting on my my journey, um, I I would say when I get this, then I would get there. When I paid off this, then I'll buy this. And so I was I was looking for this unconditional life, but carrying a bag of conditions with me. So yeah. I had to drop all those conditions. Yeah. The win then game. Win yeah. then. Oh, when this happens, then I'll, oh, when my kids start going to school full time, then I'm going to do that business. Oh, when I get more money in my bank account, then I'm going to, the win then game. Oh, well, when yeah. this happens, then I, first of all, you don't know that you're going to get to your win. You don't even know that you're, none of us are promised tomorrow. And that's not to be morbid. It's just to wake you up and realize that suppose today is the last day that you get to create legacy. Suppose today mm -hmm. is the last day that you get to touch somebody with your fingerprint or your unique gift. Suppose today is the last day. Are you satisfied with what you've done? 
Or will you be in a space of regret because you played it safe and you played it small and you were waiting for the perfect situation and the perfect circumstance? It's never coming. It's never coming. You've got to be so committed that you're going to launch out and you're going to go out and you're going to you're going to pursue it and take the risks that scare you. And you're going to do it even without all the answers and you don't have the full blueprint. That is what makes it so rewarding on the other side when you get to a space of actually accomplishing it. You're like, wow. And I did that and I was terrified. Now to yeah. everybody else, it might look like you have it all pulled together and you weren't scared. But most of the stuff I do, oh, I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Imagine this. Imagine get to, getting to heaven or the pearly gates or wherever, wherever you're going, right? And, and you get there <laughs> and they rewind your, your life and they show you the opportunity that you said no to and they would have showed you the results that you would have got. Yeah. And you're like, damn, it wasn't so scary. I could have, yeah. I could have done that. Imagine. And then here you are, you're, you're saying no, you get to the end of, on your deathbed. The bills are still there. They're still in your name. The money's still in your bank account. You can't take it with you. Like, what would you choose? Would you choose to go back and say yes to that opportunity? I say yes when I go to the restaurant now and I want to buy what I want to buy, not what I can afford. Right? Yeah. That's the kind of life I want to live. Yep. Yeah, I love chicken, but sometimes I'm just sick of ordering the chicken because it's the cheapest thing on the menu. <laughs> I'm like, I know that lobster says market value, market price, but can you just bring that to me? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Take the, the biggest lobster? one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's just, it's just having that vision, right? And getting, getting serious with yourself and letting go of all the fear, the doubt, the worry that we talk about all the time and, and really creating that vision for what life could be with no circumstances, with nothing holding you back. Just literally picture it and then make a plan. How am I, what's the first step I need to take to get there? That's all it is. That's and fall in the hole, break your ankle and get yep. back up and keep going. That's it. Band Look, keep some bandages and some gauze pads yeah. nearby and some Neosporin because yes, you're going to get battered and bruised and broke, break some, you know, some bones. But I mean, that, that means you have an interesting story. Because what I say to people is this, if you if you ain't been through nothing, you can't tell me nothing. Mm -hmm. So how can you serve me at, at my at my, the level where I'm going and who I'm becoming if you can't even relate to what it feels like to pursue something so scary and you do it anyway and you fall flat on your face, but then you have the courage to get back up. Like if you haven't been through that experience, you can't possibly be my leader and lead me into my next. So all of us, we should really have a spirit of gratitude for every bruise that we have, every all the scars we have on our knees and our elbows for falling down in business, we should be grateful. That gives you a juicy story to share. That gives you a connectivity to the people that you're called to serve that you wouldn't have if you didn't have those experiences. So I don't want my journey to be perfect because now I have nothing in common with my clients. I have nothing to teach them, nothing to share with them, nowhere to lead them if it's already perfect for me. But when I've fallen down into those potholes and I'm bruised and I'm battered, but I'm still standing, ooh, now I am truly serving them at my highest capacity. I love that you're saying this right now because I had I had one uh, client of mine before she joined with me. She's like, do I need to have a story to be successful? And now I can say to those who come on with us, I can say, you're going to create your story along the way. Yes. And you're going to be super successful. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Oh my gosh. I think all of our viewers <laughs> have heard so much good that they're going to watch this episode over and over and over again, because I know I'm going to, and 
it just makes sense. If you literally sit here and listen to this entire episode and all of the advice you just gave and your story that you just told, there's no way you can listen to this episode and not feel motivated or determined to just go after that one goal you've had forever, right? This is Mm -hmm. so good. Um, So we want to thank you so much, Cheryl, for being here. Um, But before you go, we really, really would love for you to share where our viewers can find you. Yes. So I would love for you to get connected with me through my website. Uh, You can become a part of my VIP community there at www.cherylempowers.com. There's an S on the end of that. Um, And you can just, you can get a copy of my free signature story template because every one of us has a story to share. We just have to take the time to really peel back the layers and tap into what that story is. Um, And then I also have an amazing free online community on Facebook called Global Speakers University. And I'd love for you to join us over there. I'm always giving great tips and adding value and sharing strategies of how I went from Cheryl Wood, the legal secretary of 15 years and a 10 by 10 cubicle to Dr. Cheryl Wood, international empowerment speaker, two-time TEDx speaker and executive speaker development coach who grew a million dollar enterprise. So I share those tips, I share those strategies and I also share opportunities for speaking. Uh, Those that are sent to me, I share them with my community because I lift as I climb. So if you just go to Facebook and in the little search bar, type Global Speakers University, you'll be able to connect with us there. And then on all social media platforms, my handle is at Cheryl Empowers. Awesome. We'll put all the links below in both podcasts and on YouTube so that they can easily find you. Awesome. Cheryl, thank you. Thank you so much. I feel empowered right now. Like I'm ready to go out and my socks are definitely off. I had to take those off. So thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. We need you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Bye.